Well, every once in a while when I'm uh, writing a sermon, uh, there's, you know, some of those times where you just feel like, man, God is really saying something here and uh, something that I really feel like he wants to share with you. And and this was definitely one of those messages for me that just kind of flowed pretty, pretty easily. So I'm excited to share it with you. I'm excited to look into God's word and hopefully encourage us all a little bit uh, this Christmas season. 700 years before Christ was born, there was a prophet in Israel named Isaiah. And Isaiah um, had a book uh, named after him. He wrote in chapter 49, he records a conversation between God and Jesus about what Jesus' mission would be when he came. So we have to keep in mind that Jesus has been around since the very beginning of time, but, but we only really got to see him 2,000 years ago, or at least some people did. So this is before Jesus was born. God and Jesus are having this conversation, and Isaiah records it. And this is what he says in Isaiah 49, 6. God says to his son, It is too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. So God is speaking to his son, and he's saying, hey, listen, when I send you down there, I've got some really big plans for you. And it's going to go far beyond just the people of Israel. I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to use you to bring salvation to every man and woman that I've ever created, to the very ends of the earth. A pretty big vision from a big God. But if we're honest, um, none of that looked very possible when Jesus arrived as a baby, right? He was born in a cave to a poor teenage couple uh, and, and really grew up in an insignificant town. His, his, most of his life he spent in a relatively small area of land, what's kind of now modern-day Israel. The three years when he was doing his public ministry, he really spent most of that time talking to the people of Israel, healing them. Man, my own kid come on, cut me some slack here, eat your cracker. But during, that, that during most of his public ministry, he spoke to the people of Israel. He really didn't speak to the Gentiles very much at all. And then before it seemed like anything truly memorable had been accomplished, the Romans crucified him, leaving behind a very small group of followers who were pretty bewildered and confused about what to do next. And in that dark moment, those followers had to be wondering, thinking back to Isaiah, how is Jesus going to be a light to the Gentiles? And how is this salvation going to go out to the ends of the earth now? Well, today Christianity is the largest religion in the world. It's estimated that there are 2.2 billion followers of Jesus at least people who claim to be followers of him. That's about a third of the world's population. So what happened? Well, remember God's promise to Jesus. He said, it's going to be too small of a thing for you to go and just save the Israelites. So if that vision was going to be carried out, there was going to have to be somebody else who was going to carry the torch for Christ. And that primarily began with the Apostle Paul. What we see evidence of in Scripture is that that little flicker of light that, that kind of was the result of Jesus' resurrection through the years and the decades 
and the centuries and now millenniums grew into an all-consuming fire. If God's vision to bring salvation to the world was going to become a real possibility, he was going to have to enlist some help. And that's where you and I come into the story. 2 Corinthians 5.20 tells us this. Paul says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. And so you and I, if you're a follower of Christ, we are his ambassadors. An ambassador is a representative. Someone goes in the place of the king, the president, whoever, and, and actually represents him. And so God is, he says, I'm making my appeal to the world now through you, to, uh, to the hurting and broken world that I've sent you into, whether you feel like you're up to the task or not. And so in order to fulfill that role, we must remember who God says that we are. A verse that we looked at this past Sunday is in 1 Peter 2.9. Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, says this. He says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. That's who we are so that we would declare his praises. And in that way, knowing who we are, And what we've been created to do, then Isaiah 49.6 can become a growing reality that Christ's salvation through us could reach the very ends of the earth. The Bible tells us that in the book of Acts, this is right after Jesus was resurrected and ascended up into heaven, it says that there were 120 people in Jerusalem that were still kind of on this movement with Christ. Even though they really weren't sure what to do from here, what it was going to look like, 120 people of the thousands and thousands who came to hear Christ. Building a movement from 120 then to 2.2 billion now wasn't too much for God. Because the Bible says that in him all things are possible. But I want to bring this message um, home to you a little bit more tonight. Maybe some of you hearing that you're a part of God's plan to bring salvation to the very ends of the earth seems a bit too vague, a bit too nebulous, a little hard to get your arms around. But I think God has got something really important that he wants to share with each one of us this Christmas season, especially as we look ahead into the year 2015. So let me ask you a question. What would you like to see happen in your life in the next year? What is it you are hoping to accomplish in your character or your relationships or your marriage or your parenting or your finances or your career or your schooling? And I actually want to give you a few seconds to think of an answer. So I'm going to just stop talking for about 15 seconds and I want you to think about what is it that you want to see God accomplish in whatever area of your life that pops to your mind tonight. Think about that for a second. Whatever it is that you just pictured in your mind, I want to tell you that I am pretty sure that God is looking down on you right now and is thinking, that is too small a thing. 
That is too small a thing. Why? Because of the ability of the God that we serve. Paul wrote this reminder to the church in Ephesus in Ephesians 3.20. He said this. He said, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to the power that is at work within us. So whatever we picture for our lives, the things that we would love to see change about our character or about our circumstances, God says, I want to do immeasurably more than that, than whatever it is that you can imagine. You know, a cave in Bethlehem did not look like the beginning of a, of a world-transforming movement. Neither did the cross that Jesus died on. To be honest, it all looked kind of ordinary. A peasant is born. A criminal is killed. It all looked kind of foolish, really. To many of us, it seems foolish that our lives or our circumstances could really change. It seems foolish for us to dream bigger dreams because of his ability to do immeasurably more. It seems foolish to think that we're something special. Listen to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1.26. He says, Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many were of noble birth. In other words, you and I, we were nothing special. But then with Christ, in Christ, man, everything changes, doesn't it? Because we just read that, that we are a holy people a chosen people, God's special possession, and that we have been given a task, a purpose to declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. It was too small of a thing for God to send Jesus to save just one nation. He said, I'm gonna use you and I'm gonna spread your salvation to the very ends of the world. And we're part of that plan. And I believe it's not too small of a thing for God to do immeasurably more than anything that you could ask or imagine for your life. One, because he's powerful enough to do it. Secondly, because he loves you and you're his child and he wants what's best for you. So where do we begin? Well, just like every Christmas, we have to go back to the manger, and we're reminded of that scene that looked like foolishness in the world's eyes, and that is the key to everything. The God of the universe came near, and the light burst into this dark world, and it rescued us from our spiritual darkness, and that scene reminds us that God uses humble things. He uses simple things. He uses foolish things to accomplish his will in this world. When God revealed his plan to impregnate Mary through the Holy Spirit so that she could be the mother of the Savior of the world, that sounded pretty foolish. But you know what Mary's response to that plan was? From the mouth of a 
a 13, 14, 15-year-old girl. She said, may it be to me as you have said. May it be to me as you have said. And maybe we need to practice. Maybe we need to practice that statement in our own lives. You know, when God comes down to us and he whispers, hey, your dreams are too small of a thing for me. I want to do immeasurably more than you could ever ask or imagine for your life. Maybe we need to get into the habit of saying, okay, God, may it be to me as you have said. And with an open and trusting heart, we then watch in anticipation for what God might do. Because you see, that's what Christmas is all about. God taking something that seems ordinary and making it into something amazing for those whose hearts are willing and open to trust and have faith and follow him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your foolish and amazing plan to to become flesh and, and to come to this world in such a humble way and to move amongst the poor, the hurting, the disenfranchised, the marginalized, and to take those people and to revolutionize and transform this world. And God, you continue to do that, and I pray that our heart's desire would be to continue to be a part of that plan with you. But God, tonight, I really want people to hear that whatever it is we're picturing or dreaming for our life, God, that as you look down on us because of your power and your ability, you're saying, guys, that is too small. Dream bigger than that. Picture something much more amazing for your life than what you're settling for. I have the ability to do it. I have the desire to do it. And when I do it, I'm going to receive the glory for that. And so, Lord, I pray that you would expand our boundaries that you would give us great faith like Mary to say, God, whatever, whatever you say you're going to do, I believe that you can do it. Let's make this a year where we risk big, where we love generously, give generously, and, and just dream big things for our life, God. Thank you so much for your son that makes it all possible. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you guys go ahead and stand as we sing a couple more songs to finish up tonight? Thank <laughs> you.